Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No. So this was my weekend, by the way. This is why I'm so happy. I bought goalie equipment from Canadian Tire street hockey gear. The one question I asked, were you playing with a rubber puck at least? No, of course not. You had street hockey pads on and no protection other than I wasn't even that. wearing a can. How about that? And I went to stack my pads. I'm like, whoa, I got nothing on down here. <laughs> I never thought that I would be leaving my pins. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. And no mask. Talk about putting them on the table. This is the Rod <laughs> Peterson Show. Yeah, let's go. Let's make a noise. Let's make some noise here. What did you say, Clark? Let's bring it. Something. Get it popping. Let's get it popping. Get it bumping. It's game day in Canada. In How Toronto. About How about that? Specifically, game seven, Leafs and Habs tonight. My phone's starting to light up. This is what makes this country so phenomenal. And uh, Bobby Marier, the sober coach to the stars, mine... And mentors, he's just vibrating. And now he's upset about the Hockey Night in Canada crew and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Bobby, be like me. Watch Netflix and the intermissions and everything's great. And Bob will be your uncle. (laughs) It is hour two. And it's the second half kickoff, which we have moved our sponsorship of the Four Seasons Sports Palace from the warm-up to the second half kickoff. The Greek freak over there is great. He's sending me photos today. I don't know if you saw. He's in Leafs gear. He's got his Leafs mug out. He's got his Leafs jersey on tonight. So if you want to get out of the house, you want to go watch the game with fellow Leaf fans, which frankly to me would be a fate worse than death. But the four seasons, they'll be cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Leafs headquarters. That's awesome. Maybe you want to go down there tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. Ordered, uh, ordered a pizza from, from George at uh, the Four Seasons. The app is, like, unbelievable. They've got this, like, mobile ordering app. There you go. You can literally choose, and I've never seen this on an app before. This is what got me. Wanted, we wanted a half-and-half half pizza, you know, oh, half yeah. one, because half, I don't like the onions and stuff on my half. You can literally <laughs> order a half-and-half half pizza, choose your toppings for the first. It's all on the app. Like, it's really cool. Download the app, folks. Really the Four slick. Seasons Sports Palace. Uh, so, well, let's just, I know we have a lot of new viewers here in hour two and listeners, so let's just hit the poll uh, question, if you don't mind, and the, and the latest results for Capital Automall. Universal Collision Center, who wins game seven tonight? Last we saw, 52% uh, on Facebook. Yeah, it's closer, <laughs> 51% now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Over 60% on Instagram, incidentally, voting for the Montreal Canadiens. Now... I do want to tell a couple stories here, and we will talk about the CFL return to play the Toronto Argonauts with some breaking news today. They have signed McLeod Bethel-Thompson. He's coming back to the Boltman, and he'll be in the quarterback room with Nick Arbuckle. Everything's starting to look like the CFL is going to play, and that is very exciting. But Michael Alley's watching in Los Angeles, and he says, sorry, Rod, hate the Habs. They beat the Kings a lot in the 70s. He's been down there a long time. Listen, I don't, I'm just cheering for them tonight. I'm wearing this bunny hug to troll Leafs fans. That's it. I respect Montreal. I respect the organization. I respect everything. They do everything first class, but I'm not a Habs fan. So yesterday I was on the golf course, as you know, Darren. Yes. And I was golfing with tribal chief from File Hills, Edmund Belgard, the chief of the First Nation. And he said, well, I was wearing a Golden Knights hat. So he goes, oh, Vegas fan. He goes, that's my number two team behind the Oilers. 
started like a three-hole long conversation, right? The whole thing. And he just said, when he was growing up, he's 50, I'm 48. He said in the 70s, his grandma used to watch the Habs games and rub her holy rosary and pray for the Habs. And he was raised a Montreal fan. And I said, hey, it worked. Habs were doing a lot of winning in the 70s. And then he said, with the Oilers in the early 80s, he's just like, Grandma, I got this young guy. He's pretty good in Edmonton. I think I'm going to cheer for the Oilers. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. And his grandma said, you go ahead, Edmund. You cheer for whoever you want. And then he became an Oilers fan. And he's an Oilers fan, number one. But he said Vegas is his number two. But... Now he and his lovely wife, they want to go to Vegas now and go to Golden Knights games, right? So, and I told him that my dad in the 70s wouldn't allow me to cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. And I was a wee young lad watching on uh, black and white television and falling in love with Ken Dryden and Steve Shutt and Guy Lapointe, Guy Lafleur, all these guys. My dad wouldn't allow me to cheer for them. He didn't like Quebec. (laughs) I think I can say it now. What are you going to do? So it started... The my turmoil and cheering for NHL teams, right? Could never really cheer for who I wanted to. Now I can, and it's the Vegas Golden Knights. So, so, um, Lee St. Ange watching on Facebook, he says, Ryan Reeves, knee on the second time around, put all his weight on Graves, and at the same time was basically smothering his face. It was assault, to be honest. Well, I know, but in the NHL, that's a $5,000 fine. Right? Well, the precedent has been set. Right, that's $5,000 fine for trying to kill somebody. We saw that with Tom Wilson and Artemi Panarin. So, Bob's your uncle. $5,000. Let's go. I guess Ryan Reeves playing game two. Anything else before we move on? No, that's a good point. We never brought that up in, in hour one. That it was assault? That's a $5,000 fine, right? I mean, you look at that and you compare it to Tom Wilson and, and you want to stay consistent. It's a five thousand dollar fine, the max. It's a so I shouldn't say five thousand dollars because that makes it sound like nothing. It's a max fine, the maximum allowed, yep. which just happens to be five thousand dollars. Corey Detavio's watching in Manitoba, and he says a drop on the bucket. Listen, I'm being somewhat facetious. If I don't know what the NHL player safety department's going to hand out to Ryan Reeves, if anything. This morning, they've upheld Nazem Kadri's eight-game suspension, and, and, and why wouldn't they? But he's got a far worse track record than Ryan Reeves. And if he tried to, as the gentleman said, smother Graves of the Avalanche, we saw. We saw Tom Wilson do a similar thing to Artemi Panarin, and it was a $5,000 fine. And so uh, Corey's saying it's a drop in the bucket. It's a speeding ticket. Where you go. Jack in Alberta says a huge shout out to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for acknowledging the horrific news of 215 native children's graves in Kamloops. Haven't seen any other CFL teams post the same. I haven't specifically, but the CFL did. And I retweeted it last night. I'm speechless at the discovery in Kamloops. Speechless. I think we all are. And as I'm reading this morning with the news, because I do actually read the news, you know what they're saying now is what, what else is out there? That's the right? question. That's the question. When you see something like this and it's so horrific, you, you wonder, right? We just found this. What's next? What else hasn't been well, discovered? They're digging. What else hasn't been talked about? And they're looking. 
Um, they're asking about the come on Canada's odds for a suspension for Ryan Reeves. I doubt they would have posted one odds on that, I would think. Let's talk about the CFL a moment for uh, positivity's sake. We all want them to play. I, between the 550 health workers going to the Leaf game tonight, but still a 14-day quarantine, that hasn't changed, and the border's still closed. I'm just, I've lost my zip for arguing all of this stuff. But the Argos signed McLeod Bethel-Thompson today. That's positive. I'm hearing about you know, the teams with their travel arrangements and things that they're doing in the CFL. It's all looking positive. And I'm just being prudent, I guess, or devil's advocate by bringing up, what about the CBA? What about the 40% pay cuts? What about the broadcast deals in three of your markets that last I heard didn't have any? What about the fact you don't have a schedule out yet? What about the fact Edmonton doesn't have a team yet? Name. And as one CFL guy said to me Saturday, he goes, Rod, if you were in our shoes, you'd be doing the exact same thing as we are. Yeah, you're probably right. But guess what? I'm not. They're just saying what I've heard it many times. It's been like yelled at me. What are we supposed to do? So they're doing they're doing all they can do. So that they're doing all they can do. That's it. It's all you can ask for, right? But yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and break down, do power rankings and and uh, the best group of receivers in the CFL until they're on the field prancing around. And we know that they're going to play. I, I did see, and I meant to read this this morning, and I didn't because I had so many other things on the go. But I guess the president of the Montreal Alouette said that there will be no exhibition games in 2021. It was on three dunk. Did we think that there would be? I mean, he had to say it or whatever, but did you think that there would be? No. You're trying to get as many games in as possible. I don't think you're going to waste a week or two of playing exhibition games. You'll do inter-squad games in a shortened training camp to get ready um jump right in holy it's a monday holy family of squirrels on meth you notice <laughs> just we're all just jumping around I know. we haven't seen each other since friday nelson our vp of sim events says is there any insight anywhere on how nhl and nfl teams picked who got to go to these games with limited fans? That has to be one of the biggest obstacles no one's talking about. The teams obviously need to keep the money makers happy. Well, yeah. I got a little intel on how the NHL teams dealt with it, and it was an absolute calf scramble. I'm sorry to use a rural term. I know. Have you ever seen a calf oh, scramble? Yeah. I just chaos. Cha- Thank you. Chaos to decide. But they came up with it in all these different markets. But there was no handbook in the desk. This is what you do with your tickets when you can only allow a certain percentage because of a pandemic. <laughs> there wasn't one. And yesterday, our, our uh, what do we call Nelson Vo? What is he? Content creator. Content creator put the thing up about a clip of me poo-pooing the CFL's return to play because of all these hurdles. And then you, did you see the barrage of hate that came at right. me? And the people are like, well, there's an exemption for the NHL to play in Canada, so the CFL will obviously get one. And I'm like, about to write him back and go, mm. whoop. Not worth it. It's not worth No. 
The NHL and the CFL are not apples to apples in this country. Because if they were, the CFL probably would have been playing last year. I feel like I'm such a broken record. Repeating myself time and time and time again. And for you young kids, you don't even know what that means, a broken record. (laughs) But... I just, I don't want to argue anymore. It's too draining. You know what? If they're going to have an exemption for NHL hockey, then absolutely the CFL is going to play and follow the exact same rules. Who the hell am I to even question that? Right. But it becomes a money issue, which we've talked about. You know, we talked about all these hurdles, you know, that the, that the CFL has to overcome, and they're not wrong. But the thing we're not talking about is these hurdles cost money, and that's one of the biggest things. Can you jump over these hurdles? I mean, can you pay for them to get them out of the way? I think, you know, the NHL did that. They had the same hurdles, but they just jumped over them and they were willing to, you know, cover the expense because it's not cheap. No. And it's be creative and you can find a way around these things. I think that's what I've been so primarily disappointed with the Canadian Football League is I've seen a complete lack of creativity or ability to pivot other than to pray that there's enough vaccinations to play. That is upsetting to me, but it is what it is. We are where we are. They've had over a year to figure out a way to do it. And, with, and they haven't, other than get vaccinations. But with the money, thank you with what you said. Like, for those that have just tuned in that don't know, my dad worked in the National Hockey League for 26 years, so I saw it firsthand as a kid. And now in my very lucky life that I've had. I've been around the NFL owners. I've been around the NHL owners. It is unlimited money. It's unlimited. It is unlimited money. I don't think personality-wise, NFL owners or CFL owners are that different. I don't. They became very successful. The difference is in the NFL, there's so much money, these guys can't screw it up. It's like, what's the difference between making $400 million this year or $600 million this year? You're still... Not going to be looking for your next meal. Whereas in the CFL, there's no money, really. So that's the difference. I don't think the mentality is different. The money's different. So if it's, what's it going to cost to do this? Here you go. <laughs> and they're playing. Yeah. Did you not see how because there's an exemption for the National Hockey League does not mean that it'll automatically mean the same for the CFL? Because they don't have the money to pay the bills. And furthermore, on the broken record thing, it's like when I said to Ron Duguay, can you give me the Coles notes on the da-da-da-da? And he was like, the what? (laughs) The Coles notes on the firing of John David. What do you mean? Now, Ron Duguay is not a young guy. He's older than me. But I'm sitting there going, can I use these phrases anymore? Broken record, Coles notes. He's the carbon copy of... What's the carbon copy? Connor Bedard's the carbon copy of Marcel Dion. The, the what? I know. There's a lot of those that I need to update. Peter Labardia said, uh, this player's calling card is he's a very hard worker. I'm a call- Who uses calling cards anymore? What's a calling card? Yeah. His Twitter bio is he's a 200-foot player. <laughs> you know, yeah, instead of right. calling card, his <laughs> Twitter bio. This is Twitter bio. Listen, they tell us that JR is ready to roll. So we got a Super Bowl champion 
coming on next. It's the RP Show on a Monday morning or afternoon, wherever you're watching, on Game Plus television across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey everybody, Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what? A couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld. It's sleek. There are no cords. It's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh, Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You want to know what's new about it? There was only one size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time and when you get to your destination, your razor's dead? Mm-hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps, Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Just ahead of John Ryan, there is breaking news this morning. Ontario has given the green light for 550 fully vaccinated healthcare workers to attend tonight's Game 7 between the Maple Leafs and the visiting Montreal Canadiens in their North Division playoff series. Premier Doug Ford's office says the frontline workers received both doses of a COVID-19 vaccine more than two weeks ago and will go through screening and other precautionary measures. Thank you guys for playing my favorite music. It is episode number 495 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. We're going to Los Angeles now. And our good longtime friend, John Ryan, joins us. Saskatchewan Rough Riders punter, Super Bowl champion, 14-year NFL vet, Sheldon Williams grad. How you doing, JR? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. What's the remnants of the pandemic in Los Angeles where you are? Because we're seeing all these images around America where you didn't, like it's over. What's it like for you? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it had, it's one of those things that had to get worse before it got better, and it got uh, really bad here. Uh, December, January, February, it was it was awful. I live in L.A. County, uh, population of over 10,000. They estimate over 6 million people in our county uh, had coronavirus. So it, it got really bad here. Uh, but once the uh, vaccines kind of rolled out, it got, it got uh, good as quickly as it got bad. And, uh, you know, things here are 
pretty much back to normal. I mean, today's Memorial Day. We're having a pool party this afternoon. All of our friends have been uh, double vaccinated for at least uh, a month or two. Uh, I don't know, June 15th, all the uh, Southern California baseball teams are going back to 100% attendance where, you know, just eight weeks ago, they some of them weren't even allowing 10% in. So uh, it, it's turned pretty quickly in a good way here. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you give me so many... People want us to talk football, and we will. But I know you're so proud of your wife, Sarah Kalana, who sat right in that chair and talked about Insatiable. and her. That was pre-pandemic, of course. What has this meant for her stand-up career and traveling and production with her shows and stuff? What's this, what's this shift meant for her? Uh, it's put a huge damper on all that. You know, the last year, it's been, been pretty quiet. You know, obviously, comedy clubs were closed. Uh, Hollywood was basically closed. There wasn't a lot of auditions happening. You know, she was kind of just coming off of two two hit shows uh, in Shameless and Insatiable, and that kind of killed the momentum of that. But uh, things have gotten get going a little bit more. She just performed uh, last weekend here in L.A. with Chelsea Handler. They had six shows. So things are, are slowly starting to come back for her. JR, some guy just wrote in from Winnipeg, Michael Wynn. He says, don't forget Star of Bar Rescue, John Ryan. Cat didn't see that episode. What happened? Uh, yeah, I did a little recon work for uh, John Taffer on uh, Bar Rescue. My, my wife, Sarah, has been on a couple episodes, and uh, I went along with her a few years ago, and we did uh, a bar in uh, Long Beach. Uh, pretty cool experience, a lot of fun. Uh, well, I saw I saw the one with Ryan Reeves and Nate Schmidt of the Golden Knights. I thought I'd seen every Bar Rescue. What's John Taffer like, JR? Is he a big man? Was he nice to you when the cameras were off? What? Tell me about John Taffer. He was, uh, he was incredibly nice. You know, you see this big, uh, mean guy on TV, or it tries to be, and he's he's a big softy. I mean, he would uh, he would snap he would snap in and out of character so quickly. You know, him and I would be sitting there, and they'd be watching what was going on in the bar on the monitors, and he'd just be telling me stories, and he'd be like, "Oh, hold on, I just gotta go, I gotta go in there." And then you see him on the monitor, and he goes in there and just starts screaming at this poor twenty-one-year-old bartender like uh, like you've never seen before. So he was really a great guy, and kind of snapped in and out of character pretty quickly. Oh uh, man, I I figured. It's a show. It's show business. You you get that now, right, with your wife. I'm like, this. He's, he can't be this big of a jerk. Anyways, JR, the number one question I had for you of all was your take on the Aaron Rodgers situation because I'm sure you're biting your lip on some things you've seen people say, maybe even us too, because I know you're super tight with him. What's your take on the, on the A-Rod situation there in Green Bay? You know, at first I was surprised. You know, I was surprised. I thought that he was going to be a, you know, a lifetime Green Bay Packer. He still might be, but, you know, I, I didn't realize that it had gotten to that point. Uh, that, <laughs> that obviously got to the point where he wants out, which is uh, pretty strong. But I think uh, now as a fan of the NFL, as a former player, you don't really realize what's going on behind the scenes a lot of the time. Uh, you know, what we see in the, out, out here as fans is a little bit different. You know, your first reaction is like, well, you know, suck up and play. You're making $30 million a year. You know, you're, you're a god in that town, you know, but there's obviously a lot of things that happened uh, behind closed doors that uh, weren't so good. For sure, and I won't press you any more than that other than I would assume you got Aaron's back in that maybe they took for granted what they have in Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of what he's saying, right? It seems like a Tom Brady situation to me because I've been watching it every day on ESPN. Have I kind of read that right? Yeah, yeah, I think for sure players always have each other's backs, but uh, he, I think he just, you know, he felt disrespected. Uh, they were taking him for granted. Uh, they weren't necessarily always giving him the tools to succeed in, uh, you know, not uh, going after big-time receivers or even drafting receivers in the first few rounds. 
Uh, he's done a lot without, you know, having that Julio Jones or that Megatron or some massive uh, big-time receiver. Yeah, I think he's made a lot of okay receivers into good receivers, but he's never had that great guy. So I think that's part of it, too, that, uh, that bothered him. It's amazing, John, because as you know, there's a ton of Packers fans around here. We got a lot of ton of Packer fan viewers, and for the first few weeks of this, they didn't even want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers thing. The thought of the Packers without Aaron Rodgers was unthinkable to them, and you get it because you played there for so long. But anyways, uh, my next one for you is because you are in ownership, you alluded to it earlier, of the Portland Pickles minor pro baseball team. John, how has that changed your view of sports? Because you're the boss now. Has it changed right, right. the way you look at things? <laughs> uh, I try not to. You know, I think from the from the ownership side, uh, especially in minor league sports, winning, winning isn't number one. You know, kind of uh, making a family fun uh, experience for fans and uh, being able to make sure the lights turn on and you're not uh, missing bills. <laughs> you got to still be able to make money. So uh, that's the hardest part for me because I, I always want to win. I'm a competitor. And uh, on the ownership side, it's not always necessarily the number one thing. Well, for sure. But I mean, you realize the players are employees, but you're still a player in another league. That's why I'm just wondering when that light kind of went on. Or maybe you already knew that. You're like, maybe you knew that years ago that you're just an employee as a player. No, you definitely do. Uh, you're, you're, you're kind of just a number and uh, it feels crappy sometimes. So you want to kind of make sure the players don't feel that way. You know, you try to care for them and make sure they're well taken care of because you know, at the end of the day, you know, pro sports is, you know, it's a runaway train. You're either getting thrown off or jumping off, but it's not stopping for anyone. And that's just the, the way it is. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, JR, I listen, I feel like I'm making you squirm there because you're kind of jumping around. I'm just trying, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, I just, I like talking to owners. I do. Because they have such a fascinating and unique viewpoint of the game, right? But they're not always right, which they think they are. <laughs> that's the other thing about players. Or, sorry, with owners. You know, but uh, anyways, maybe we'll save this the next time we have a coffee on the patio at the Wascana. Um, you had some interesting comments with Rob Vanstone of the Leader Post last week about the CFL playing, and sure seems sure seems positive that you are going to be playing this year. That's got to feel good. It feels really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've given us a date now that we're to report on July second. Um, I'm, I'm remaining upbeat about that. I hope I hope that's going to happen. Uh, I guess time will tell, but. Uh, you know, I feel pretty pretty good that we're going to have a season, you know, short one. Uh, but, you know, being in Canada right now, as you guys are, you could probably tell me a little bit more what the environment's like and if, uh, you know, if they're going to allow 500 Americans crossing the border in four and a half weeks here, uh, if that's something that you think's going to happen, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm not the guy to ask because I've thrown my hands up and just said I'll believe it when I see it. That's where I'm at simply on this, John. You know, I think the broad question I have for you next is that coming back and playing for your hometown team. When you when we first talked about that years ago, I'm like, there's no way. That's too good. Like, good things don't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then it did. Was it as good as you expected? Yeah, it, it was great. You know, as a kid growing up uh, in Regina, you know, I was a season ticket holder from like 1990 to the day I was drafted in 2004. So to be able to kind of uh, rel or live that dream that I had as a kid was uh, was pretty cool. And, you know, the season didn't quite go the way we wanted it to, you know, one, two wins away from, from what we wanted. But uh, just an absolutely great experience and had, had a ton of fun playing for Dickey and uh, just some great guys in the CFL that I just had so much fun playing with.
You know, I asked you years ago the difference between the NFL and the CFL, and you said the only difference was the money. And I think you still probably feel that way. I mean, with that walk-off field goal from Lowther that seems like 10 decades ago in the uh, Labor Day Classic, what you felt in that game wouldn't have been any different than an NFL game. I mean, it wasn't Super Bowl, but the emotions were wild that day. Uh, it was one of the, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments of my, my entire football career, you know, being able to play <laughs> in the green and white on Labor Day and then have that, uh, you know, walk off uh, field goal by, you know, one of my good friends and teammates, Brett Lawther. And uh, it was just such a cool experience. And, you know, I have, I have that picture framed with him, him and I running towards uh, Pill County, Pill Country. So it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that uh, I'll, I'll never forget. And as you said, you know, once you're, once you're on that field, it feels no different playing in a CFL game than it does in an NFL game. You know, all the emotions are there, uh, especially playing in Regina with uh, those crazy fans. It feels it feels no different than, you know, stepping on Soldier Field on Sunday afternoon. Well, it just it goes into Labor Day lore, man. Like that's so you made your mark with Lowther and Brett's back. I'm so excited that you both signed. I just think it's and Jorgen Hughes, too. Let's not forget. You guys would be nothing without him. As you That's well right. know, <laughs> and he would tell us, um, Nelson, <laughs> N- Nelson Hackowitz says, how does JR look at the CFL situation with both hats on as a player? You have to want to play, but as an owner, do you get not wanting to dump more money into the money pit? That's a, that's a good question. Do, are you seeing both sides of it? I do see both sides. I mean, I'm obviously frustrated because I want to play football and I have a lot of teammates that uh, they're not spoiled millionaires. You know, they, they need this money. They, they live uh, month to month, paycheck to paycheck, uh, and they want to play football. Well, they also, they also need this money. Uh, but at the same time, I do, I do see the other side, and I know how expensive uh, some of these hurdles are to get over, uh, everything from testing to even just putting up, uh, you know, whatever it is, 900 guys in, in quarantine for a week at a hotel. Uh, that stuff costs a lot of money uh, and a lot of money that uh, isn't, these, these owners might maybe not have quite as deep pockets as they do in the NFL. So uh, I, I definitely understand where they're coming from. But uh, at the same time, I just want to play. So uh, I understand both sides right now. Yeah, it doesn't make it any easier. It's a, it's a, it's a complex, crappy situation. <laughs> That's the kind of what it boils down to. From Random Glenn on YouTube, he says, John, is the XFL a threat or an opportunity? An opportunity, I, I see it as. Uh, I don't, I don't see a merger happening. Uh, I've talked to some people in the XFL, and they kind of viewed it more as that the XFL would share some of the, uh, you know, uh, marketing strategies that they use, and the CFL would share more of their on-field uh, content, game day type stuff for for viewership with them. And from what I heard, it's supposed to be a little bit more like a partnership. But uh, with that being said, we we've gotten almost no information. Uh, from either side, other than that, a potential uh, agreement, sponsorship, or uh, agreement between the two leagues is going to happen. So uh, I, I'm upbeat about it. I, I don't see a merger happening. I just don't think it, it makes any sense for for either side. Uh, the CFL is, you know, the CFL. It, it's you know, there's teams that have been around for over 100 years. So uh, I, I don't see them, you know, taking too much advice from you know a 20 year old league that's played a year and a half. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm remaining upbeat about it. Wasn't that you that said genius move by Ambrosi to just drop this little shred of meat into the tank of piranhas and walk away? <laughs> the XFL Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, no. Yeah. As you said, uh, on the on the other side of it, 
as the ownership side, I, I see that now where I think it's great. You know, as a player, as a fan, I think it's a little bit frustrating that he kind of just uh, dangled that carrot in front of us and uh, didn't really give us any information. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, I think it was amazing. I've never heard this many American people talk about the CFL before. I've never heard this many Canadian people talk about the XFL before. So uh, kind of just throwing that out there and letting people talk about it, letting it simmer for a few months, I thought it was uh, marketing-wise, it was pretty smart. Let me just end it on this, John. Because you're old enough to, to know, sorry to say, U.S. expansion <laughs> in the 90s was awesome. I'm like, if we can have that, I'm all in. As a fan, that was tremendous. Mm. Do, you, do you think it could be something similar to that? Um, potentially. I, th- I, think, I think what I disliked the most about the expansion in the 90s was the, the American teams not using the ratio. You know, having all-American players, they kind of... Uh, just puts a little bit different level just because there's so many American players available, you know, with literally hundreds and hundreds of universities and colleges down here. Players, you know, there's thousands of players coming out every year where in Canada, you know, we have, what, a mid 25, 30, 30 schools to draw from. So just a little bit different. But, you know, to see a, a Shreveport, Saskatchewan matchup or a Las Vegas, D.C. matchup, I, I used to love that a lot. Yeah, well, my thing is... The only way around it might be to have a ratio for Canadian teams and not for the American teams like it was in the 90s. I mean, it was a career. It was about 500, by the way. I had the stats sent, sent to me how the American teams did against the Canadian teams. Like, I know you're a proponent of Canadian players. You are one. There just aren't as many. You know, but I think, uh, again, we'll have a long coffee session on the patio of Wascana. we got a lot to talk about. John, it's always good, man. Good to see your smiling face, and I can't wait to get you back up here and playing this summer, but thanks for this. Please, please say hey to Sarah for me. Glad she's back working, and uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks a lot. Looking forward to getting back to Saskatchewan. All right, buddy. John Ryan joining us from Los Angeles. Current Saskatchewan Rough Riders punter, Super Bowl champion, and just a hell of a nice guy. Caleb Hofer just wrote in on YouTube, and he says, Hey, Rod, what happened to the Knights? That is so an hour ago. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Is that what we're doing? We're trolling today? Oh, wait a minute. I am. (laughs) How about that? How about that? We'll update the poll results as we get ready for Game 7 tonight, Leafs and Habs. We'll talk about what happened last night with the Knights and the Avs. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television Network. YouTube and Facebook live daily in 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Moose is back with us here. Yes. The Moose is loose. As we get closer to game time, how are you feeling for the Leafs and the Habs tonight? I'm okay. I, uh, in, the, in the break, I got to do busy work. Yeah. So I'm on the Real work. Answer a couple emails. But then, you know, you can't sit still. See, so water the plants. You make sure everything's lined up. Check on the bobbleheads, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you got to do busy work, otherwise you'll be thinking about the game, right? Keep your mind off it. That's right. And that's not just for sports. That's for everything. By the way, I'm checking my score app. If they charged me every time I opened the Ooh. score app, <laughs> I couldn't pay the bill. 
It's 5 p.m. Mountain out here in Western Canada for the Habs and the Leafs tonight. 5 p.m. Mountain and 5.30 Islanders Bruins. But we have a bit of a problem with the National Hockey League, and that is that they don't start right on the start time. As Austin said last night, NFL kicks off at noon. He's right. Central. On the nose. On they the nose. They kick off. He, put, he pointed that out. And uh, NHL, its broadcast starts at 5. Puck drop is 5.07. Or 18. Or 8 or 9 or 10 or 12, right? And that's, yeah. So can we can we can we get on that NHL? Because it's a little bit of a pain. Like I got so many people writing me. They're upset that Cassie Campbell said this and Ron McLean offended that person and this and that. And I'm like, I don't. I will watch the pregame show because I'm jacked, but I'd rather not. I'd rather just tune in for the face off. But the intermissions, I'm 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 out. I'm out. Yeah, I'm watching Netflix now in the intermissions. I'm still dying. It's not as good as it used to be. It's not. You're right. It's not as good as it used to be. And we need to get back to the passion around this business because that's what we're here to do. Entertain and get you excited and put words and pictures to the moment. We're too technical and too robotic in some of our productions. And that's just a pet peeve that I have as being so passionate about this business. But there's still so many wonderfully talented people in these. That That's why it's still good. But. Yeah, pregame show for sure. Got to get that gets you jacked up for the. For the I'm watching the pregame, but not necessarily oh, yeah. the intermissions. Uh, one thing I can guarantee is that this show is not perfect, and we'll never be. I'm only speaking for myself. You guys are. No, imperfection is what makes it great, right? I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's it's great. That's what people like. Oh yeah. How about that? Think of the moments, right? Frenzy walking off the set in the middle of a segment, you know, things happening, just randomly getting viewers, you know, and having throwing to, them on the air, throwing them. Well, having to uh, tune them in a little bit. Sometimes they, random things happen. The unexpected. So it makes this wonderful. It's what my what my brother said way back early on the cowboy. He goes, what I love about your show is that anything can happen. Anything can break out at any time. Yes. And it has. Uh, from Todd Pinckney, he says, uh, Ryan Reeves will have a hearing. It just slipped off the screen. Ryan Reeves will have a hearing today as per NHL player safety. For what? For what? Do they just want the eye name? for an eye. They just want to make sure he's got the name right on the check. <laughs> exactly. Who do I make this out to? <sighs> Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, because of Rod, I started watching Yellowstone. By the second and a half season mark, I was hooked. RP is a dead ringer for Dan Jenkins. No, you I don't, don't think so. That's the billionaire, isn't it? Maybe. No, no, I, I don't either. I don't think so. That is the billionaire. And then they, <laughs> yeah. they hang him and then they kill him right. later. And they burn a brand into his chest. Yes. No. Well, that was another guy. That was a... Sorry, spoiler alert. And they don't burn it, they cut it out because it was burnt there a long time ago. Right. They cut it out. That's oh. what it was. Yellowstone. There was a. Took you two and a half seasons to get into it? Is that what I'm gathering? Took me two and a half minutes to get into Yellowstone. Yeah. Dead ringer for Dan Jenkins? No. I can see some similarities, but not dead ringer. Hey! He pulled all the ladies. It's probably his big checkbook. <laughs> exactly. But whatever. 
Uh, from James Zylstra, he says, the idiots talk about past series, not the game that's on. Then he says, Biaxa. I like Biaxa, but he reminds me of the Spitting Chicklets guys. I've told this story a million times when I was just told by everybody, you got to listen to Spitting Chicklets. You got to listen to it. Especially when I got back into hockey, I'm like, that's just like talking to my friends. Like Biaxa is, he's just... A hockey guy. And he looks good. Like, he does a good job, but he's oh, no yeah. different than... He didn't stand out. He's not Don Cherry. No. He is He is refreshing on there. And he's like the young kid. And you can only have one of those, right? Everybody's got to play a role and complement each other. So, you know, the way that he interacts with Elliot Friedman, Ron, Kelly Rudy, that's what's really great because he's the young kind of hockey yeah. guy. And here's Kelly Rudy, the old school. You know, he kind of makes... Kelly blush a little bit and laugh and like <laughs> That's those right. are the moments that are that are really good from Ryland Spencer Ryland I believe is watching in Seattle where they get Hockey Night in Canada on CBC he says BXA is good not great I think that's what they want they don't want nuclear <laughs> anymore they don't that's not right. what they want if they did Matthew Barnaby would be on the air they want just, you just fit in this little box right here and you look good and you're cute. <laughs> right. You're not going to offend anybody? Yes. My God, Ron McLean can't say anything anymore. Like nothing. There's just people sitting there waiting to write something down that he's clearly. I think people that get offended easily just don't watch this show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. They just know, oh, we're not going to. Make him change. From Mark Sports Video, he says, why are American stations much better at intermissions? Now, I feel like that's a topic we don't have time in this segment left for because I think they are. He's on to something. They never used to be. And here's the other thing, by the way, about Canada. Because we did invent hockey, we think we invented everything great about it, but we didn't. The Zamboni was invented in America, I think in Los Angeles. It was the American networks that were putting the shots up on the screen before anybody else. And Canada resisted it for years because, damn it, we're the kid. We think of the ingenious things, not anybody else. And it was just stupid. And finally, they relented and put the shots on, on the screen and hoped that we would all forget that an American invented it. And now it's Patrick Sharp. I love that guy. He's cute. He's good. He's very handsome. He's very good looking. <laughs> no very, problem at that. Good. Like they got the best looking guys on there. Oh yeah. No, did I say something offensive? No, but um, and that's like we used to have that, and like everything yeah. was different. Now the intermissions kind of bleed together, and they're very similar, and they're the same. It was very segment driven, right? I mean, you had. Ron and Don coming right back on Coach's Corner. Oh, yeah. You got excited for that. And then you, you go in the intermission and fill up your drink or your snacks. And then, boom, they got the highlights and the desk for some quick analysis. And then second intermission, you had the hot stove, right? The satellite hot stove. So you'd go around and get oh, all the yeah. Everyone had its purpose. So there was a reason to tune in. Now they're just kind of the same. It's the same as having yeah. a broadcast on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I feel like we got something to talk about coming back. Mark. Sports video on YouTube says, great show. Love the chat interaction. That's our secret sauce. That's what keeps you coming back. And you will all stay through this commercial and come back. 
<laughs> right after this, you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV and 24-Hour Sports Radio, rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Moose is here. It's overtime, and we got plenty of time for it, like almost seven minutes for the last segment of the show. And so hopefully we can face off in here on something. I kind of got a sense of what we're going to face off about for the Ultimate Fan Zone and the Mad Greek Restaurant. And I've noticed this for a long time. I don't just think it's a Canadian thing. As a matter of fact, it's not because the American viewers are chiming in today, too. They just love talking about the broadcasts and the broadcasters. And it makes sense because those broadcasters are in your living room, your home, every single night. You feel like you know them. Jeff Kibilis, watching in Winnipeg, he says, Jennifer Botterill is great on Hockey Night in Canada. She is great. And I did an event with her for the Weyburn Red Wings. And it was a great night. Her speech inspired me to go run through a wall. Wow. Story for another time. But I, I love Jennifer Botterill. I think she's great on there. It's clear she knows her stuff. Oh, no, she knows no the game really, really well. Sandusky, Ohio bro, is watching on YouTube. He says, Canadian football would draw more hype if you sports would join the NCAA. We're talking Ohio State versus Oregon, Clemson versus Georgia. Three months out, the hype starts with high school recruiting at NCAA. Well, sir, he, everybody should be tuning in for the warm-up for Ecole Electric because that's where I cover all of this stuff. And I said, basically, on this or the fact that 550 fully vaccinated health workers are going to be at the Leafs game tonight, yet you still have to quarantine for 14 days when you come into Canada if you're fully vaccinated, I'm out on what the CFL needs and what we need, and I'm just uh, doing my thing every day, and I don't want to argue about it anymore. But I do have a lot of time for the broadcaster discussion, as clearly everybody else does. And what triggered it was somebody said, why is the American broadcast better? You understand it's all in the eye of the beholder? I like two kinds of music, country and western. Not everybody does. No, honestly, I like hip-hop too, but... Whatever. Some guy wrote it and said the eye candy's better on the American networks. Yeah, maybe that's in the eye of the beholder, too. Maybe somebody thought Brian Burke was hot. Whatever. Like you. How about that? Not everybody's going to like the same people on the broadcast. That's all. And why I've switched to going to Netflix and the intermissions, I'm not totally sure. And that's not always the case because I'll tune in for my guy, Kelly Rudy. I love Roots. I love, I love him. I've loved him a long time. But for the most part, it's not holding my attention anymore. It's not must-see TV. But that's the job, right? It's not just about, let's put a beautiful woman on here or a good-looking guy in here and people will watch because they're good-looking. That can help hold your attention for sure. That was way back in the focus groups and everything from way back in the day. But now, everything is accessible everywhere at any time. Yeah, I want to look at beautiful women or good-looking guys. Boom, it's on my phone in a second. I want to watch highlights on my phone. I want to watch, see the score on my phone. It's all there. So if you're going to put programming on, the goal is never now it's not as much 
We need to inform. We need to make sure we have all these things because if we don't inform the audience and give them the news, they're not going to get it. Now the number one goal is you need to entertain. You need to entertain. You need to bring life to the moment that you were watching. That's the job now, entertainment. So if you're not entertaining, you're going to lose your attention to something else that is entertaining. Guys, if you don't mind, throw up the face-off logo, if you don't mind. The face-off logo. We're facing off right now for the Mad Greek restaurant and for the Ultimate Fan Zone, which, by the way, I almost made a roadie to the Ultimate Fan Zone on Sunday to get some Hab gears because I'm telling you, this is hot. Like, I'm, I am like Kim Kardashian today. I am wearing something for the sake of fashion, not comfort. Yeah. This is f- minus 40 grade, brah. So I'm going to be going to Ultimate Fan Zone to get some Hab gear. Just wasn't going to do it yesterday. But we're talking about the best panels on television. And the thing is, basketball is probably my third, maybe fourth sport. I don't know. It's football, hockey, and it's a far drop off after that. But Shaq and Chuck, (laughs) they're it. And they don't even have to do anything to be great. They're just funny. And they've been there. How many championships, Chuck? How many championships y'all got, Chuck? Never gets old. I know. Him trolling Charles Barkley because he never won an NBA title. They're not fiddling with that, the, the NBA on TNT. They're not fiddling with it. No. Whereas with these hockey broadcasts in Canada, they're fiddling with everything and they're screwing it all up. They're just Can you settle on somebody? They've lost the entertainment factor. In a lot of ways, they've lost the informational factor. Guys are talking about putting hot people on there. I, I've never watched Sports Center because of how good looking the anchors were, male or female. Give me the sports. Where are you on all of this? My favorite is the Fox Sports football guys Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and dun, Michael dun, dun, Strahan. Dun. And who's the coach? Jimmy Johnson. Love him. Like, so good. Um, but it's all about entertainment. Yeah, you get some of the news, and Jay Glazer comes on with the uh, yeah, with the picks, it's about right? Entertainment. You know, and, and his breaking news and who's in, who's out. But it's about entertainment. And I know Terry Bradshaw's getting old, and maybe he's forgetting some details. You know, is that, that happens with anybody, and you, and you don't watch maybe every game. You don't have as much time. But he's so entertaining, and they have a great dynamic. Everybody plays a role, and I think a Tony Gonzalez playing a role as a bit of a younger guy. It's awesome. It's awesome. We haven't settled in anything here, but that is the face-off for the Ultimate Fan Zone of the Mad Greek Restaurant. The Ultimate Fan Zone is your one-stop shop for the sports fan on your list. Visit the Man Cave, downtown Moose Jaw, or on Facebook, or check out their new website. Uh, you can shop online. And the Mad Greek in uh, Moose Jaw, available for licensed dining, takeout, or delivery. I don't have the latest Ultimate Fan Zone. Go to their Twitter. You'll find it on there. Fair? Fair. What do we got Tomorrow. Scott Laughlin, thank you for uh, from Sirius XM NHL Radio. Zig. And Zig Fricasse. Boy, it's a big uh, satellite radio date tomorrow. Zig from NFL Radio, Scott Laughlin from NHL Radio. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. See you tomorrow, Moose. See you in the morning. We'll see you all tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 